Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Wednesday night here on Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, YouTube.com, slash Fightful, I'm Mr. Warren Hayes, and usually this is the spot where we do the Wednesday Night Wars podcast, but there's, again, there's a truce this week, there's no, there's no uh, uh, outward fighting between the troops we just have AEW Dynamite happening tonight, so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And by God, what an eventful one it is! And you, but we want to thank you for joining us after all these events that we're going to be breaking down here tonight. All sorts of events, and you know what else is eventful? I'll tell you what else is eventful. Not only AEW is eventful, but FightfulSelect.com always chock full of events. There's always stuff happening there you have listen you 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 have sean ross sap who does the uh the the weekly backstage report he does q a sessions where he where he literally will answer a million questions literally now busy man that's well i know and the only way that you can really really verify if he does actually answer a million is to subscribe you also have alex Polowski who does sour grabs where he reviews the day, the weekly happenings on Raw and SmackDown, I should say. You've got uh, extra content from the list goes on with Jimmy Van. There's you, you previews, li- like little pre scoops. There's all sorts of stuff there, and it just so happens that it's the best way to show your support for everything that we do here at Fightful. So if you aren't already a member, do consider go checking it out at, over on FightfulSelect.com. And uh, and and just enjoy it, just like you should enjoy the presence of Robert DeFelice, who we've pulled out from the uh, from the bowels of uh, FightfulWrestling.com, Fightful.com, uh, oh, yeah. writer, feature writer, uh, news writer, all sorts of. He writes all sorts of stuff, and he's going to be talking about AEW tonight. How you doing, Robert? I'm doing great. Warren, we get to meet, and it's not just a regular day. It's Miro Day. It is on Miro Day. Absolutely. It's It's wild. Just like Eloquent left us a super chat wishing us all a happy Miro Day. Thank you very much, Eloquent. And you as well, if you're watching live right now. Uh, the uh, the podcast as it happens. Well, if you want uh, to leave us a super chat, I will read your question or comment live on air. And that also is another way to show some support for everything that we do. And uh, uh, and also do consider giving the video a thumbs up. That kind of stuff really helps. Send the link out into the universe. There's it, it, the more the merrier, I think it, is what they say. You got to share because really we're beating the algorithms and we're beating them to shit. And it's going to it's going to be a good time. We're talking AEW. And, and and there's a lot of stuff to talk about. There really is. A, but I think we have to start straight off the bat because there's a lot of news. But I think there's one bit of news, Robert, that trumps it all. There's one thing that that really is at the top of the whole the whole pyramid of news and events and eventful things that happen in Dynamite tonight. That bit of news that we're going to start talking about 
is Cody's announcement, Robert. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it trumps it because they teased this thing going into the Brody Lee-Dustin Rhodes title match, like breaking news from Cody after this, and we're going to have a great breaking news. And Cody is walking in a hallway, and he says, uh, I'm injured, and we say go big or go home, but we have built a bubble just like the NBA, and I'm going to go big. And then he shows us what looks like the uh, American Ninja Warrior work wall, and we get... Uh, Bert Kersher, who is a comedian, you might know his stand-up on Netflix, and he's hosting a reality show that is essentially just like a randomized talent show with Cody as a judge, with Rosario Dawson as a judge, with Jennifer Nettles, who I've never heard of as a judge, and Snoop Dogg as a judge. And this will be on TBS. Now, the way they set this up was like, oh, it's a new show, and Tony Khan's been teasing a new show, and he's talking about... I'm building a show you've never seen before based on the FTW title. I'm thinking, my God, we're going to have American Gladiators over the FTW title. And no, it's just a weird Warner Media thing. But I guess that happens when you're under the bubble. I, I guess that happens. And I mean, I mean, good, good for some crossover like that and good for Cody, I guess. You know, uh, I guess this is why he needed some time off. He wasn't shooting a feature film or anything. He was, uh, he was working on this. But good for him. But man... Th- they swerved us good, Robert. Like, this was some grade-A carny stuff, if you ask if I me. Di- if I didn't know better, I would think uh, Tony Khan's real last name was Russo. I mean, really, this was just a nonsensical swerve by the good folks at Warner Media. Patel Ron left us a super chat. Thank you very much. And he actually stole my joke. And he says, the Go Big Show, which is the name of the show, premieres as the Big Show show is canceled. You know, well, you go big or you go home, and I guess the Big Show show wasn't getting very far. I mean, this show, it's not going to have Mark Henry, Rikishi, and Mick Foley singing the Backstreet Boys, but it will have Snoop Dogg and Cody Rhodes, so God only knows what we're going to get there. I am so glad I was not assigned to watch that show. Hannah Moore leaves us a super chat. Thank you, Hannah. And she says, happy to see Robert on. Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, it's Miro Day. Again, it's a big holiday. Had to break out the, the Virgil of Fightful. I, I think I could give myself that title. I am the Virgil of Fightful, but I am working my way up that ladder. <laughs> um, well, you know, at, 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 the good thing about, about being the Fightful of uh, the, the Virgil of Fightful is that, uh, you know, unlimited unlimited breadsticks, right? Uh, meat sauce money. There you go. Um. Uh, Eloquent left us a super chat saying this was an excellent pay-per-view fallout show. Two hours flew. I agree. Um, Without necessarily getting too much into details, we were talking about it just before coming on the air. I I liked the show. I thought it was fun, but I, I think that, but overall, like as opposed to regularly, as far as AEW goes, there was a lot more talk than usual much much lighter on the wrestling and i think that on any other night without these big events these big newsworthy things that were happening i probably would have uh, found it a little more tedious but it did work everything clicked yeah i think they really felt the need to amp up the storytelling coming out of all out and it worked i liked a lot of what we saw a lot of new directions we're really turning a page following all out and for the most part, I like where we're going. So let's get into it. Let's start talking about the show itself. It has a cold open with Chris Jericho and MJF arriving at the uh, at Daly's place at the same time. And it just so happens that uh, uh, it, was, it was Tony Schiavone, right? Who was there? I, yeah, uh, Shivani. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, for some reason, uh, for a minute there, I thought it was Marvez. But yeah, it was Shivani. And, uh, and Jericho, Shivani had a better night than Marvez. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about that, too. Jericho, uh, they they exchange pleasantries between heels, between top heels. Jericho says that MJF was robbed and he should be AEW champion. MJF says that he can't believe he had to fight a soulless ginger prick. And that one day Jericho will regain his AEW championship. The 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 elbow bump. They the walk, elbow, the COVID elbow. Exactly, the COVID elbow. That's what we should call it moving forward. And you see on the split screen then both of them saying... What a loser about the other. What did you think of the cold open, Robert? Uh, good swerve because Jericho on the Saturday night special Q&A talked about, I'm going to set up my new feud. I'm thinking maybe that has to do with the tag match he's in. And then he does 
bit with MJF, and I'm thinking, oh, well, MJF Jericho, that's a money feud one day. And I thought it was just a fun way to do some banter with two heels. It really felt like the kind of nonsense you'd see on like a, a family sitcom, like a Disney Channel thing, but it worked. Like these two guys, they get it. They know who each other are, and this worked for me. I'm going to tell you, I liked it too. If they use it uh, sporadically, I think it will maintain its charm, so to speak. But otherwise, you know, if they start doing the invisible cameras like they do in, you know, was, uh, if they start doing the invisible cameras a little too much, uh, that might take me out of some stuff. But, you know, it was a gag. It was a joke just to establish uh, just to establish the opening shot of the, of the show. I'm fine with it. Jurassic Express defeated the Lucha Bros in our opening match. And goddamn, I love me AEW because it's no nonsense. They start with a match, and most of the time it's a really, really good one to start off uh, start off the evenings. And this was, uh, it was, it was a spot match. That's what we. That's when you see these two teams together, you sort of like, well, that's what we're gonna get. That's what we got. It's a great exchange between Phoenix and Jungle Boy to begin with, until Phoenix drop kicks him right on the face. Lucha Bros hit their tag team sunset. Flip splash, which is always cool. There's a couple of a uh, couple of rough spots early on as well, but things pick up. Uh, Jungle Boy Tope Tope's to the floor, gets back up on the apron, but then gets shoved off into a super kick by Phoenix, which was pretty cool. Luchasaurus hits a pop up fireman's carry slam on Pentagon, and there's a great spot where Phoenix gets choke slammed off the top rope, and Phoenix sold that one perfectly. Um, could Phoenix. sell drugs to CM Punk. Really, this guy is just, he's one of the best in the business when it comes to the sell. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a gory driver, uh, gory driver double leg drop combo by Phoenix as well, which was really cool. The package pile driver stomp combo doesn't get it done for the Lucha Brothers. And somehow, Robert, Pentagon, Panama Sunrises, Phoenix, his own partner for the win. And. <laughs> I chuckled and I sort of left it as, oh, well, luchadors doing lucha stuff, right? Yeah. But well, tell me how you felt about the match. Well, here's the thing. I don't like that all these spot matches, they always seem to end with a roll-up. And it's the same thing here. You get all this cool stuff and Jungle Boy gets a roll-up. I want Jungle Boy to establish a finishing move. I think he is the white meat baby face for this company moving forward. And I think he needs to start establishing what his main moves are. That being said, I my favorite text message of the night, my best friend texted me, if Pentagon says his catchphrase one more time, I'm going to projectile vomit. He needs to move away from just repeatedly saying, Cero Miedo, we get it. He's got no fear. That's his name now. It is his name. But you can do more. I'm not big on them constantly teasing friction, yeah. but it seems like Eddie Kingston has a plan for them going forward, so I can forgive it for this one night. To be fair, and I hate started starting a sentence like that because it feels like every Twitter fight I get into starts like that. To be fair, but to be fair, uh, Pentagon's been he's dialed it down a lot with the with the catchphrases in the ring because I. There were times when he'd get into the ring and he'd do it like for two to three minutes straight. Yeah. Right? So it's not so bad, but I agree. You know, there's there's only so much of the catchphrase that you can endure at a time. But let's talk about the post-match. You mentioned it. Uh, Phoenix, uh, since since Pentagon, somehow uh, did a Panama Sunrise on Phoenix. Uh, How do you make that mistake? But I, I, I don't understand. Because you, the Panama Sunrise, you literally stop, right? Like you jump and then you plant your feet to do the Destroyer, right? Yeah. So there's a I, moment I, where you can be like, whoa, wait, I shouldn't, I got to stop here. But he followed through. Let's just call it it's muscle that momentum. Memory. It's that lucha momentum. You got to keep it going, I guess. I guess so. It's momentum. Um, so, uh, so they, like you said, they, there's friction between the, uh, between the Lucha Bros. Eddie Kingston comes in. He's with the Butcher and the Blade as well. He so, sort of rallies the troops and he says, never mind what happened at the Casino Battle Royal. We all have to stay united. Shake his hand. Penta really doesn't want to shake uh, Phoenix's hand. But I guess Eddie Kingston is the best therapist in all of wrestling because he gets them to reconcile. And he reminds us, by the way, at the end, 
that he wasn't eliminated from the Casino Battle Royal. That's um, an an interesting little wrinkle. I wasn't sure if that was a botch or if that's something that they wanted to lean lean into. Regardless, they're leaning into it. I like it. Yeah, that's it's really interesting that they would go there. Maybe uh, when Archer tossed him, he tossed him and he hadn't gone over the rope. I don't understand, but I like that Eddie Kingston said, hey, where's your British friend? And then he looked at uh, the blade. He says, where's your wife? Yeah. Like, they're not here for you. And that's good because they never bothered to establish why. Obviously, Pac is in... England because of the COVID situation, but they never said why they took away the bunny from the butcher and the blade. So the fact that Eddie Kingston's at least calling attention to it, listen, I think his money is on the microphone. He came into the industry at a time where you had to be really good on the mic because you had strong talkers at the time, and he's shining head and shoulders above the rest. Oh, absolutely. Good stuff. And it, it, it makes the whole alley thing doubly strange, the fact that he underscored you know, where's your wife? Because she's, you know, she's QT Marshall's girl on the other side. So it adds a whole layer to this where you're like, okay. Uh, I, eventually, we got to get that Natural Nightmares Butcher and Blade match. And I got to imagine, Allie's going to have to pick a side at some point. Because Blade watches the show. He knows yeah. what his wife is doing. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's it's a kayfabe world. Maybe you walk into Daly's place and it's just a different world entirely. Uh, we uh, we next had a uh, Jake Roberts promo with Lance Archer. He says, we're not here driving cars like you, John Mosley. We're here trashing cars and trashing people too, by the way. <laughs> and he, tell, he tells John Mosley that he's going to piss himself. Piss himself. Yes. Our quarterly... Quarterly wrestling urine reference has been uh, has been met, and uh, Archer says that Mox has nothing to look forward to except despair. And a little later on, we have John Moxley responding to them, saying that uh, you know he saw the result of the Casino Battle Royal and he said, "Okay, so Archer won a shot at the title. Son of a bitch, doesn't get any easier, does it? Nope, it doesn't." And uh, it's. Uh, it's all about what Mox feels deep down in his guts, and he feels that he is unstoppable. He asks uh, Lance Archer to ask himself, he tells Lance Archer to ask himself a question. Do you really want to second guess me? Do you want to bet against me? You know, I I will be enjoying the next four weeks of promo work in the build-up to this match. Jake Roberts has always been and will always be able to sell anything because he's the best talker in the game. Uh, Moxley's now going toe-to-toe with one of the, you know, quintessential workers on the microphone. And there's the built-in history of, I believe, John Moxley as Dean Ambrose is the last person to take a DDT from Jake the Snake on live television. Really? Yes. So there was that whole thing. I'm sure it'll get brought up down the line. Uh, Archer and Moxley had a banger of a match in the Tokyo Dome, Texas Death. This should be a hell of a fight. It's it's a wrestling match. In a time where there's a lot of flips and a lot of doodah, these two are going to come in and beat the shit out of each other, and I am a fan. The the uh, the Texas Death match uh, ended when uh, when Moxley Death Ridered or uh, uh, um, um, paradigm par- shift. paradigm shifted um, Lance Archer through two tables. It took two tables to do that. So that's interesting. You know, you're bringing up the fact that uh, that you know the, he has some history with Jake Roberts. Maybe they'll le- lean into it. Maybe they'll lean into what happened between the both of them. Right? I would think you could also lean into who the hell do you think you are to take my DDT? I I made that. You wouldn't even have a finishing move if I didn't bother to create it. I mean, there there is so much money on the table here, and I can't wait to see what they dig into. Evan Wright left us a super chat and says, I hope their war in New Japan pro wrestling is mentioned. Yeah, I think uh, I, we hopefully it is because that's exactly what it was. It was a war. But then again, you know, Archer lost. So do you want to underscore that? I don't know. Look, we'll see how. Things I think you can easily underscore the fact that Archer wants revenge. He's going to – everybody dies until I get 
my hands on John Moxley and the AEW World Championship. Fair enough. Matt Hardy came to the ring uh, to uh, to cut a promo. He says he's thankful for the uh, for the live crowd being there tonight and thanks everyone watching his home at home. He says he suffered a scary fall. And after understatement mir- of the year, yeah. And uh, after a myriad of tests, he's expected to make a full recovery. He'd like to call himself the toughest man in the uh, the, the the toughest man in the sport, but right now he's just going to say he's the luckiest man alive for his wife and family, and he apologizes to his family for what he put them through. He apologizes to the fans as well. He says the broken rules match didn't go the way he wanted, but it's time to move away from Sammy, and uh, he's going to get healthy. And when he's cleared to get back, he's he's going to want himself. He's going to get himself ranked. And chase his first AEW championship. It says without the fans, there would be no Matt Hardy. Pro wrestling fans are the best. So I'm going to throw this out here because uh, it was very, very uh, dexterous of him to avoid using the c word, and I, and I mean concussion here, folks. Yes. That's the c word I'm talking about. Just so there's you know. So he says. So basically, he comes to the ring and he says he's fine. I'm okay. All the tests shows that I'm going to make a full recovery. And I'm going to take time to heal and come back. But a full recovery from what, Robert? Of, uh, Again. Right? Great, great question. Because now if you ask Rebby Hardy, he 1,000% had a concussion. But if you ask Tony Khan, good news, no concussion. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, see, Rebby Hardy was there. Obviously, there's some kissing and making up having been done. I thought this was... The cherry on top of what Sean Ross Sapp called a very snake-bitten beginning to Matt Hardy's AEW career. Oh, for sure. And at least now it seems like there is a clear path. He's going to be Matt Hardy. He's not broken. He's not uh, version 1.0. He's just Matt Hardy, and he's going to chase after his title. And Excalibur was clear to say the TNT Championship. Oh, I didn't catch that. Okay, that okay. That's a that's very interesting. It's it's very curious to me that he's out there telling us, yeah, hey, I'm fine, but I'm going to heal up, and when I recover, I'll come back. So, at the same time, you know, to to go along with to go along with what Sean said, even if he's not injured, just taking some time away to just regroup, because indeed, he his uh, his run so far has been cursed. Yes, it's just been snake bitten, cursed. Use whatever term you want. It's just been it's just been a an unfortunate series of events. Maybe that's all he needs, really. And they're talking about recovery as a way to just excuse some time off, move away from us for a little bit, make us miss you, and then come back, and we'll be doubly happy to see you. It's a technique that works in wrestling. And you know what? I what? think Matt Hardy, Brody Lee, best chance you have to redo properly the broken character there is all the tie-in with the well broken matt's supposed to be the exalted one but no he's not and you know you can get there but the best thing to do right now with matt hardy is to go away because this first run has just been a mess of mistakes and not all of them his fault no but you know sometimes you have to know when to go and recalibrate and matt hardy is doing that patel ron left us a super chat uh in regards to all of this thank you patel ron he says uh, why should Matt Hardy need to apologize and not Tony, meaning Tony Khan? Well, Matt Hardy's apologizing to the fans for not having, you know, given them the show he thought he could. And he's apologizing to his family because Rebby Hardy was very vocal and very forthwith about being upset. Uh, Tony Khan, I'm sure, has apologized in private. I'm not sure he needs to publicly apologize. You know, I think he underscored in the media call how concerned he was mm-hmm. i think unfortunately they backed themselves into a corner where they said hey you have to win this or you're retired and they thought well if we can just do this spot and get it over with we'll move this away and we'll start over and that's exactly what they did next we had orange cassidy getting a squash match against angelico and i'm i'm not saying this uh facetiously I'm just, this is 2020, Robert, where Orange Cassidy 
who yeah. has momentum. Don't get me wrong. Or should mimosa mim- mimosa momentum mimosa momentum is uh, what I think we should call it. Um, <laughs> he he had. I mean, this is where we are right now. This, if anyone was wondering, you know how they were perceiving how they wanted to perceive Orange Cassidy moving forward. Well, there you have it. Because they have him come off the the the, the, the previous pay per view, have him squash a guy. Uh, that's how you build stars. Am I not correct? That's I think that's perfect. He beat Chris Jericho. Didn't have to pin Chris Jericho. He dunked him in a tank of what I will swear to you was orange Gatorade, and <laughs> you know he gets a squash match against Angelico and. He looks good. The, the key here is Orange Cassidy is finding himself. He's finding a fire and he's finding a seriousness. This is an Orange Cassidy that maybe in two months, three months, can challenge for a championship. Mm-hmm. He's not the hands in the pockets guy. He's not the, hey, isn't it funny how he just doesn't give a shit? This is an Orange Cassidy who can maybe be a champion. And I like that. I like the fire being shown. That being said, Angelico, maybe it's. Maybe the bloom's off the rose, but he's another guy who I don't know if he should be used for squash fodder, especially for a guy like Orange Cassidy. It well, uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Angelico has been uh, has been up to par so far in AEW. Maybe it's a question of motivation. Maybe it's a question of his backstage habits, whatever. But uh, but you know, as opposed to Jack Evans, who I always feel brings it with every every match um they uh, he, that um, that they have he and Angelico uh, yeah, whatever but the but I agree I agree with you it may uh, the the fact that Orange Cassidy is you know finding this this fire I think it's really good I think it was also interesting that uh, the, the the or let me let me rephrase that what was really interesting is that they decided to give him this match and make it a squash Instead of, you know, making it a competitive match. AEW likes to do that, right? Even in these enhancement matches, they like to make them a little more competitive. But no, comes off a match on Sunday, defeating one of the top guys in the company. One of the top guys in the business, despite the fact that he was dunked and not pinned. But still, beating one of the top guys in the business. So naturally, if you're coming in uh, on a Wednesday night to fight Angelico, yeah, you should cream the guy, right? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, this is saying, hey, we hear you. We're going to run with Orange. But if we're going to run with Orange, he can't be comedy. And I, I like the fact that they acknowledged he's going to need the edge. Yeah. We need to give him that edge. But to your point, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, AEW could stand for some more squash matches that are less competitive when they need to be. I agree. Uh, after the match, uh, because Orange Cassidy wins with a with a Superman punch, w- which I think is hilarious that he can finish a match with a Superman punch, but Roman Reigns can't. But oh no! Well, it's all about the signs. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, of course, of course, it's all about, uh, or it's about mimosamentum, maybe. That's right. After the match, Jack Evans distracts uh, Orange Cassidy that allows Santana and Ortiz to attack him, and then the best friends come out to to for the save. Chucky e. T grabs the mic, says that he's done with these attacks. He's done with uh, with them trolling uh, their his best friend best friend's mom's van, and they don't care about apologies anymore. They want a, a, a parking lot fight next week, and Trent is going to fight that match to make his mama proud. And boy, that that hit a chord with Jr. He thought now. Now we can get behind it. JR was like, no, no, oh, it's serious. When you bring the mamas involved, when you or, bring, yep. when you're talking about the mamas, now it gets serious. But here's the thing. I, if I'm Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor, I don't know if I'm challenging the two guys from the Bronx to a parking lot fight. That being said, when you're fighting for your mom's honor, <laughs> there's a different fire there. And I do, I have to give it to them with the best friends too. More serious edge from these guys, less comedy, less camp. And if you look at Trent is jacked. Yeah. This dude can easily contend for a championship. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see that in the near future. Uh, if uh, By the way, folks, if you want to uh, leave us a super chat, go right ahead. We'll read your question, comment, 
right here on the air, such as you what mate who left us a super chat. Thank you very much. And he says this was a really good episode of AEW Dynamite. Much improvement from last week. I agree. Uh, the the go home show was uh, was a little iffy, but it uh, you know there were a lot of things being set up and a lot of things that happened at AEW uh, at a uh, excuse me at all out the uh, this weekend. And uh, now we're we're sort of moving into the next segment for a lot of those things that were set up. In regards to the elite, we had a couple of elite segments tonight. First of all, Alex Marvez trying to talk with the young bucks, knocking at their door. They're not answering because they're a couple of they're a couple of divas. That's why. But when they oh, do yeah. answer, they super kick them, super kick Alex Marvez, and I'm like, wait, is are they the heels? Because <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think this. Term comes up a lot, especially when speaking about Cody. Heels and babyfaces are antiquated terms. For some reason, that only seems to apply to the five members of the elite. That applies to nobody else on the roster. But when it comes to these guys, heels and babyfaces are antiquated terms. We get to the pay-per-view on on Sunday or Saturday, and they're, you know, kicking a crutch out for Marco's stunt. They're super kicking Marco. Why are they so mad? They they got cheated by their friend. Why are they so mad at? The world. It seems very bizarre to me the way that these guys are having their prima donna fight. Now, this is like uh, the, we're not watching NSYNC break up here. This is just, you know, it's about championships. It's about being the best. They all want to be the best. Why are they doing this? It just seems very odd to me. <laughs> the uh, little later on, we find out that Tony Khan is finding each of the Jackson brothers five thousand dollars. My God, that's like a week of sales. Of their merch, yeah. no big deal. I know. <laughs> they probably just took it right out of their pocket. Okay, here, Tony, we're sorry. There you go, Tony. A little later on, we have Hangman Page, who has an interview uh, where, uh, you know, he he's taking the brunt of it. He's blaming, blaming, blaming himself, excuse me, for pretty much everything that's happening to the elite. He blames himself for FTR being the number one contender. He blames himself for not keeping his tag team in in proper condition. He says he lost two of my best friends. But, you know, he's looking forward to him and Kenny uh, moving forward and uh, re-ranking to go after the titles again. Whereas Kenny Omega, a little later on, is more like, well, you know what? You, when you've been doing this for 20 years. You win belts, you lose belts, whatever. He says that he and Paige had chemistry, but... Uh, the AEW tag team division is very, very deep, and uh, there's parts about Hangman that he didn't like uh, to find out about. And um, if Hangman wants to reconcile, well, you better look elsewhere because Kenny has a hanger and to go back to singles action. And as he said, give us uh, some of what we wanted to see from the get-go. So, what do you make of all of this, Robert? I, I think... Hangman Page played the sympathy card real quick because, I mean, if you're the guy who screws over your two best friends and then it was an honest mistake at the pay-per-view, all of a sudden everybody's feeling bad for Hangman. I mean, the Bucks are calling him a drunk. Kenny wants nothing to do with him. And I I don't know, maybe if I'm Hangman... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I say, you know what? There's other singles belts. I don't need to be a tag team guy. I'm going to go after the TNT belt. I'm going to go after the world title. But he seems hung up on the tag team belts. I think he's going to be, he's going to find himself an island unto himself because Kenny Omega 
wants to be the cleaner. Where do I see this going? I think they do get a shot at the anniversary show on October 14th. But overall, I think it's uh, Hangman versus the cleaner at full gear in November. That will actually be really interesting. I think that's where they need to go with that as well. Um, And uh, the anniversary show on the 14th already has... um, uh, already has John Moxley and Lance Archer set up. I'm gonna tell you, I like that they're making that they're making the show a big deal. That they're starting prom- the the promotion for it like over a month, uh, giving it a big show feel, something that you can't miss. I like this kind of stuff, uh, Robert. I wish uh, some other companies would uh, would do that more. Well, they would if they didn't have to have two pay per views in the span of a week. You know, I, I think lots of other promotions would do this more. Evan Wright left us a super chat. Thank you, Evan. He says, bring on singles. Kenny Omega hose me down. Yeah, there's a there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of people who are excited at the idea of uh, that are excited at the idea of uh, Kenny Omega going back to singles. I think Kenny had the right mindset. And really, this was the elite mindset going into the promotion of we're not going to put ourselves over. Everybody sure. knows where the EVPs. But the mistake they made was. We're watching all elite wrestling to see the elite. We want to see seven-star match Kenny Omega, and we didn't really get that for the first year. But it was really a it was really a damned if you do or damned if you don't type of situation. Because if they had done the opposite and pushed Kenny, pushed the Bucks, the titles on them, then people would be like, "Oh, of course they're giving themselves all the titles, right?" So it was. I think it was a good strategy. I think it pays off because over this first year, we discovered. Uh, other athletes, we discovered other acts, more people got themselves over. Uh, ultimately, I think we're going, like in a couple of years, we're going to look back at the first year of AEW and we're going to say, look, they they did they did good because they put focus on their younger guys, on MJF, on Sammy Guevara. Uh, they focused on the tag teams without putting the Bucks over so that when they did, when it was time to lean back into the elite, you had all these fresh faces. I could agree with that. I also think you, with this year being the way it's been, you're going to have another year or so before you can really say we had a full proper year of mm-hmm. all elite wrestling because uh, they got blindsided by a lot of things too because we were supposed to get blood and guts with the elite and we still have yet to get that. That is true. That is true. Next we have, look, Kip Sabian came out to announce his best man. Now, I was sitting around and saying, what a missed opportunity. I've been saying this for a couple of days. What a missed opportunity to not have like a fatal four-way elimination match. And one of the contendants just happens to be Joey Janela, you know, who who sneaks his way into the match. And Janela wins and he becomes the best man and he just makes... He uh, he just makes the wedding a living hell kind of thing. But you know what? This turned out pretty good. After some a, a couple of shenanigans that was sort of stretching the moment a little long. It was getting a little long and a little dumb. And we're like, like, man, after after revealing two people who weren't the best man, I was like, man, the, the best man better be a big surprise. And oh, legitimate, I popped. I, I legitimately popped when I saw it. The former Rusev, Miro. Miro Day. Miro Day, he showed up on Miro Day and he said he liked the sound of that, kept it short, and uh, the reaction was all that was needed there and Twitter exploded, but he did take the time to make a brass ring reference, which I really liked, Robert. Tell me what you think about Miro and All Elite. So, well, I don't want to... Not give some credit to Brian Pillman Jr. Poor guy on his birthday comes out all excited. <laughs> you texted me, I'm the best, man. And Kip, no, I said you were the best, comma, man. Get out of here. We're not even friends. And then out comes Miro, because Miro is the best. Maybe Miro even number Miro one. Is the best, Miro number one. I don't know. Depends on who owns that one. <laughs> but really, these guys must have bonded over their love of Twitch. Or something, maybe their love of blondes, I don't know, but here we are, Miro is the best, and Miro's all elite. He did 
say 10 years under the same house. I was a little surprised to hear he was in that system for 10 years. Yeah. But he said, you can take your brass ring and shove it up your ass. I'm all elite, and you're going to see that I'm the best no matter what I'm doing. Perfect. I mean, he's in the perfect environment to show us what he can do. Because there's been tons of people telling us year after year, you know, they're they're holding Rusev back. They're not letting him do his thing. We know he's charismatic. This is a guy who on the just on the pure strength of his natural charisma, his comedic timing, uh, he was able to get himself over with the lamest stuff uh, or with or just purely organically. So if you put him in an environment like like AEW, uh, I think the only question is the only question then is how can he go in the ring? Ultimately, we we know he can go. The question is, I, I like that you're a Twitch streamer and I like that you're charismatic. But when are we going to see the Bulgarian brute again? Because the Bulgarian brute is going to make you money always because he comes out on a tank and he, he can go. We know he can go in the ring. I don't know where the line is for him. I'm sure he'll find it quick. But I'm liking this, and who's to say we don't get the first ever wrestling wedding that is streamed live on Twitch? (laughs) But does he go back to the Bulgarian brute? Because that's been, even in WWE, in our collective mind, that's been gone. Robert, he came out with bleach blonde hair. That doesn't sound, that doesn't rhyme Bulgarian brute to me. Maybe not in the way that we're used to it, but I think when you look at Mira, you can see he's a, he is a unit of a man, and he's going sure. to have to prove that. The question is, now you got Lance Archer, you got Brody Lee, you got Miro, you got Brian Cage. You got a lot of big dudes. But what happens when it's time to put these guys up and is it going to be, well, who's the most charismatic? Who's going to stand out? And I think Miro's probably got the best case because Miro is way more than one dimensional. I think some of the other guys in that category are too one dimensional. So Miro is about to make an ass load of money. I think Dizzy C left us a super chat. Thank you very much. Says Rusev's last storyline was a wedding and Miro's first storyline is a wedding. That's full circle right there. Uh, that's some long term. That's some long term storytelling I can get behind. Now I I wonder what Miro's gonna bring to the table here. Now, will he be saying, "Hey, look out for former lovers," because this happens at weddings? Will he say, you know, they might try to drop poop on you from the ceiling? That's happened to him at a wedding. Is he going to let Kip Sabian borrow the tank? Will Kip Sabian be making his entrance on a tank? I mean, who really knows? The whole wedding could be an, uh, a Fall Guys minigame. We don't know, but these are the things we're looking to find out. Evan Wright left us a super chat. Thank you very much, Evan. He says, uh, nice to see Miro go somewhere that won't run out of shirts, that where no fans will be mocking him. Miro versus Omega, Hangman, Cage, Brody League. Give me all of it. Yeah, 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 I agree. And as far as the matches go, like you said, uh, he's a big guy. One of the early criticisms that AEW had was, uh, you know, er, you know, everyone's everyone's small. They all have the same build. Where the heavyweights, uh, that's that's a nice uh, that's a nice cap right there. As far as uh, adding some some big bulky gentlemen to your uh, to your roster right there. It, It is safe to say. And I, I don't know, maybe they're fans of uh, the New Day pod, but they have built quite the roster. We could be seeing some big meaty men slapping meat here soon enough <laughs> in all wrestling. Chris Jericho and Jake Hager defeated Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. And even though Joey Janela uh, was on the losing side here, it was a win for him because he got some offense in on Jericho. And I liked how this match started where... Uh, Janelle and Jer- Jericho just went straight at it, even though there's no real feud between them. Just off of what happened last week, uh, Janela had felt like uh, he had something to prove. He had a chip on his shoulder, whatever you want to call it. 
Uh, he uh, early on gets some strikes in and a shoulder tackle. Jericho eats a, uh, a double team basement dropkick from uh, Kiss and Janela. Uh, and then they hit double missile drop kicks on uh, both of the heels as well. Janela brings in a chair, but it's Jericho who uses it, slams Janela on the chair. The heels get in control, and uh, Sunny Kiss gets some uh, kicks in on Hager. Hager gets a trash can in, and one of the uh, one of the lamest things I've seen in a while, though, he puts the trash can on Sunny Kiss, where Sunny Kiss holds it. That ran in there. Now these these are yeah. pet peeves. As it stands, I hate when a wrestler puts a trash can on another wrestler and the wrestler who's on his back holds the trash can. That's something I hate, but I've I've come to use suspension of disbelief. But then Hager goes up on the ropes to do a Hager bomb and it's countered when Sunny Kiss lifts the trash can so that Hager lands lands on the trash can but he doesn't really land on the trash can he lands on his feet and his torso sort of sort of taps the aluminum the aluminum trash can and then he falls back and i was like oh my god guys yeah like that that is the kind of spot that takes me out because it really stunk it's um, got to be done with precision otherwise it just it really looks sloppy like you're just letting it happen and it looks it's off it, there goes the suspension of disbelief Hager throws Janela through a table off the ramp. That, that looked brutal and re- got my belief unsuspended, I guess. Uh, or suspend, resuspended? No, it resuspended my disbelief. It resuspended your disbelief. Double crossbody by the heels on Sunny Kiss. By Sunny Kiss, excuse me. Uh, and, man, they have to move the stairs from from that from the, uh, from that stage. They have to put a ramp. They have to move the, the stairs. Uh, there was, uh, I think it was, um, I, I think it was Thunder Rosa who almost knocked her head on the stairs doing the spot at, at All Out last week. And I pointed that out. I tweeted that out. They have to move the stairs. And they did the same thing here where Jericho's head landed on the, on the stairs, but most of his body had already cushioned the fall. They got to move the stairs before someone gets hurt for real. It's a silly I, I don't know how much them. control they have over that, but if they do, they really should. I don't know why. I don't know why they couldn't put a ramp. Just between uh, you and I. I don't know why it's not a ramp. No, I agree. I think that that is really dangerous. We saw uh, Darby Allen get chucked where he was in a body bag. His limbs can hit the stairs. It's really dangerous. The end comes when Jericho uses a fire extender, extinguisher on Sunny Kiss to blind him. And Hager hits a Uranagi for the win. After the match, Jericho says that he and Hager are moving to the tag division, Robert. That's a statement. This is um, not the pairing I would put in the tag team division. I I don't feel any shame in saying I think whatever blue chip prospect Hager had 10 years ago is long gone. I would have preferred Les Sex Gods of uh, Sammy and Jericho. I think it would be a more fun duo. And it, it would allow Sammy to work with some of these smaller guys in the tag division. I think this is a weird move. And with... Heels at the top of the division in FTR and heel young bucks. And I don't like, who do they work with when everybody's a heel? Yeah, absolutely. There's already, there's already tons of heel tag teams right now. I agree. But as you said earlier, right? Eh, antiquated. Yes. Antiquated. Antiquated. It's totally. I'm going to tell you one of the things, uh, um, is, give me some, some of your thoughts on this match. Uh, one of the things that I really liked here is how much uh, Jericho and, Hager were selling during this match. And Evan Wright left us a super chat pointing that out. He says, Hager sold his butt off here, really liked this, which was cool because Kiss and Janela are really a, like, uh, they're much lower on the totem pole than than them both. But then you have the two vets here who are really putting them over. This was this was a good, this was a good match. It was a lot more fun, a lot more competitive than what you may have expected. Going into it, I thought, Jericho's next feud would be Sunny Kiss. I thought, oh, that'd be a fun feud to move towards. They did the Janela thing last week. I'm not a fan of how Janela works these indie shows and is treated like a god, but then comes to AEW and not so much. So to see two former world champions selling for Joey Janela is something I greatly appreciate. Janela, like you mentioned, taking a great bump from Hager because he can do that. He is accustomed to that. And Sunny Kiss... Charisma in spades is going to be a star one day. 
And I hope that the momentum keeps moving forward for them. But right now, Jericho and Hager did the best they could. They're going to be in the tag team division and outside of Jurassic Express. I don't see any major dream matches here forming for Jake and Jericho, as they call themselves. Eloquent left a uh, super chat. Thank you very much, Eloquent. Says this is just Jericho trying to get Hager over. Maybe. I you know behind that theory. Uh, I could too. It's like Jake Hager, when he was doing the Jack Swagger stuff, a lot of potential. And somewhere along the line, it just kept sinking lower and lower. And I'm not really feeling it. MJF ain't feeling his uh, his campaign anymore. He uh, he fired everyone because uh, this campaign was supposed to create change and create hope and make him a world champion. But the the interesting part out of this is that he uh, sort of blamed Wardlow for botching the throw of the ring and uh, making him lose the uh, his opportunity. Wardlow sort of puffs up. But MJF, very confident, says, last time I checked, Tony Khan doesn't sign off on your checks. I do. Oh, there's a little there's a little twist right there. And he says, I'm the only guy who cares about you. You need to get your act together, Wardlow, or I will put you and your family on the street. And Wardlow cools down. Yeah. Um, first of all, MJF firing at the cabinet. Brilliant. Uh he told Nina, you know, I'm sick of your smile, and now you want to smile because I'm firing you. I'm sick of your face. He said your bullshit face, and I thought that was a little, was a little much, but Max Max is mad, you know, and I, I, I guess maybe he's used to acting that way. Poor smart Mark Sterling, out of a job. I think he'll be okay. He's a good lawyer. He'll, he'll find some work. Wardlow, I mentioned Virgil at the beginning of this podcast, and this obviously has shades of... DiBiase and Virgil. I don't know if I'd be talking to a man the size of Wardlow if I was the size of Maxwell Jacob Friedman that way, though. He called him a ward dog. Like, he just really was poking the bear here, and it's only a matter of time before Wardlow rips him to shit, and it's going to be a glorious thing to see. I hope they take their sweet time with it. I really do. I think this is a nice wrinkle, some long-term storytelling that they can tell. I hope it's something that they stretch out. I really do. Evan Wright left us a super chat, says, I howled at his manager's smile the entire time. Yeah, when Nino was sitting there with the big natural grin, uh, like like you said, MJF didn't quite care for it. FTR and Tully Blanchard are having a celebration in the ring. There's cake. There's alcoholic beverages in a cooler. And uh, they have the tag team division around there. And they put over the tag team division to a certain extent. They tell SCU that uh, that it would be a pleasure to fight them because they were watching them growing up, which I thought was funny. Uh, he calls out Billy Gunn and his son saying that just because he's a member of a second-rate Hall of Fame, that he and his snot-nosed kid aren't going to jump the line. Basically saying that everyone has to, has to um, earn their shot at the titles. And FTR started insulting the Jurassic Express as well, calling them a cosplay Tarzan and dumbass dinosaur. I enjoyed that. And uh, the uh, Jurassic Express get into the ring. FTR try to jump them, but uh, but Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy fight them off. Marco Stunt grabs a cooler and dumps the contents on FTR. That was the that was the segment here. I'm gonna tell you overall, I felt this was the weakest segment of the show. I think. The idea was strong. The promos are strong. We need to get Sean Spears back in the mix. We need to start seeing the partnership with Tully and Spears grow stronger. And I think this unit is a good way to do that. I think FTR are the best act in the company. They make sense because of the dichotomy to everything else in the brand. And the match next week will be great. I think Jurassic Express will have a great championship match with them when it gets there, but I don't know if this segment was as strong as it could have been, because really at the end of it, it was just, hey, let's all eat the cake, and they ate the cake while the heels scurried away. Not the strongest segment, but FTR are on top of the strongest division, so eventually we're going to be making money. At least we know moving forward now that in AEW at least... 
if there's food out during a segment, it doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to start throwing it at each other. That was refreshing. I would I would agree. I think <laughs> the cake in the face is a bit old hat, I would say. Ricky Starks cuts a promo dressed as Darby, uh, Darby Allen. Uh, says basically there's a reason why you sit back there all by yourself, meaning backstage, Darby, you're, and that you're hurting alone because you're reckless and he's going to relentlessly beat his ass. Okay. Uh, hardcore match at, at some point. I think Ricky Starks is fantastic on the microphone. I don't know why he's with Taz other than just being with Taz. Uh, Ricky Starks is a star. Yeah. And... Darby Allen is going to be a transcendent star for this company at some point, in my opinion. It's just a matter of getting there. And these two have got to go through each other. So somebody's going to have to lose, which won't, you know, which isn't always the best. But I think fine promo. Don't like the whole Taz element just because I don't think it fits. But it is what it is. Ty Conti uh, was uh, uh, was defeated by Nyla Rose. Um, not a bad little match that they had going here. Conti gets some kicks in and some strikes. She does a pretty nice single leg takedown on Nyla right into a leg bar. Uh, but, uh, Nyla just like rakes her eyes to get out of it. Uh, during the picture in picture segment, there's, uh, there's some good action on the floor. Uh, Conti hits a nice big, uh, big knee strike right on the floor and a flying crossbody back in the ring. Uh, top rope sunset flip attempt fails because that was not a good idea, Tay. You don't do sunset flips on Nyla. That's just not good. Nyla power bombs her. Uh, however, Conti blocks a choke slam attempt and then wraps her into um, into a uh, into an arm lock, which was really really cool. But Nyla powers out with a beast bomb, gets the win. What'd you think of the match? Ty Conti's first match as a signed member of, or officially signed member of the AEW roster. I get the point. She just signed. You got to showcase her abilities. But why is the girl who couldn't hang two minutes in NXT going so long with the beast Nyla Rose? Why isn't Nyla running right through her? There is time to build take on she all you want she's essentially going to be homegrown because not a lot of people saw her stuff in nxt you could have had her join the dark order off of this why didn't nyla rose just run right through her? if orange cassidy can run right through and helico i don't understand why nyla wasn't just toying with take Conti. also why is vicky guerrero there they have done nothing with this pairing other than say it's a thing well they they, they have t-shirt now Right, because they're 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 vixens, right? Oh yeah, don't you? They 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 have a T-shirt now, um, but uh, yeah, I mean there there was probably another way to debut her as well. Uh, however, you know, I was a little more confident here because I'm going to scream this from every rooftop rooftop whenever I have a microphone in front of me. I'm going to say Nyla Rose is one of the most improved wrestlers of the year. She's become as as opposed to last year at this time where I would. Uh, where I would get antsy thinking about watching her wrestle because she was very, very green and very, very sloppy. She's become very good at professional wrestling. So this was this was a, a, a decent pairing to get Conti to get some stuff in. But I agree. I mean, there could have been another way to do it. And uh, as we saw after the match with uh, Sheeta running in with a kendo stick to sort of prevent a further beatdown on Conchi. Um, I guess they're leaning back into Nyla uh, and and uh, and uh, Hikaru Shida, which isn't a bad idea because their match is ruled so far. Um, maybe she should have been a little more dominant, Nyla. In this I, I think so. I think, you know, really, take Conchi, again, doesn't have a lot of stock in her, so you can ragdoll her for the first week and then build her back up. I like the pairing of Sheeta and Rose, but I will say, why didn't you do this at All Out? Why did you go with an outsider rather than the homegrown talent to then build on a feud that is now three or four months old by the time you see it in the ring again? But at least they're doing something, so you know beggars can't be choosers, and I'll, I'll be willing to see where it goes. Also, no Big Swole tonight. No I Big Swole tonight, no Britt Baker either. 
Dizzy C left us a super chat saying Tanara Tanara sign, excuse me, but no sign of Lil Swole or Serena Deeb. The absolute ah. woeful state of the AEW women's division. Also, Nyla doesn't need. Excuse me. I I agree with ninety percent of that, and I will say because I will say this anytime I have a microphone in front of me, Nicole Savoy. Lil Swole should be signed by somebody. Somebody needs to pick her up. She is money on the table, and I don't know why this isn't happening. Can you explain this to me, Warren? Uh, you and me both, brother. We've been uh, – this. it is – you know, um, this is one of nature's greatest mysteries. Yeah, I, I really think so. I don't understand it. Uh, Jimmy Hoffa, right? And uh, and uh, Nicole Savoy not being signed to a I, major I, wrestling promotion. Right there. Parallel, totally, because I don't get it. And, you know, I don't think Nyla needs Vicky, but that's just an extra element. We like using managers in AEW. I, it's just that old school vibe. They're, they can be doing more, and I hope to see some outside signing soon. Maybe an Alley Cat comes to mind right away or a Billy Starks. There's women out there that I hope they start picking up within the next few months. Brody Lee defeated Dustin Rhodes to retain the TNT title. This was a strong uh, this was a strong match, very physical. John Silver was involved in this as well, one of the unsung stars of AEW because unless you watch BTE, uh, he's absolutely phenomenal. He's the best reason to watch being the elite right now. Dustin hit some of the uh, some of the big hits, the ten punches in the corner, the bulldog. Well, at least he gets most of the bulldog, like Jr. said. But then he does a destroyer, Hurricane Rana. A uh, he even does a running uh, running senton off the apron. But uh, Brody Lee uh, just powers back with a lot of power offense, and um, he hits a uh, he uh, he kicks out of a pile driver, but a pair of thrust kicks and the discus lariat. Put Dustin away after the match. The Dark Order come out with a knocked out QT Marshall. Uh, Colt Cabana's there as well, but um, uh, Brody Lee, Lee chases him away, and uh, they uh, they low blow Dustin to finish it off. The night the natural nightmares are left lying in the ring, and Colt Cabana is escorted back by Evil Uno. What did you think about all of this? Stalling. I think it's a lot of stalling. Uh, QT Marshall either needs to get a better self-defense going, or I don't know if they said an apple a day keeps the doctor away. He needs to find what keeps the Dark Order away because this is the second time that they're just bringing this man out. We don't even know what happens to him. We're just bringing this man out defeated and beaten down already. Um, the match, for what it was, was fine. Uh, Dustin... You know, he didn't get all of everything. He kind of botched the bulldog, botched the uh, inverted atomic drop on John Silver. Uh, he did hit the Shattered Dreams. I think they called it the unnatural kick. Yeah. And I, that's why Brody Lee uh, returned the favor and kicked him right in the nuts. And it it was fine for what it was. I don't think anybody expected to see Dustin win the TNT title here. And, of course, we ended with Brody Lee saying, Cody, here it is. Come home. But as we've already established, Cody can't come home because he's going to the Go Big show. He's so got, I think... Yep, he's going to go big. For right now, Cody's going big and Dark Order is staying home. And they've got uh, the AEW world under wraps because they've got the TNT title. Uh, Anna Jay seems to have control of Brandy Rhodes. It seems like it's the Dark Order's world right now, and we're just living in it. A lot of heel-heavy stuff on AEW, but I can't wait to see when these triumphant baby faces, even though they are an antiquated term, start to make their rise through AEW. Because I think we need some heroes, Warren. Yeah, I agree. There's all, You always need someone to cheer for. Zach Barber left us a super chat. Thank you, Zach. He says, excuse me, is to Vicky as hey yo." Is to Scott Hall. Yeah, uh, sure. I, you know, uh, excuse me was great 10 years ago. Got a lot of heat. I would never compare it to the legendary Hey Yo. <laughs> That's just a different plateau entirely. 
Evan Wright left us a super chat again. Thank you, Evan. Says, popped for silver in the entrance. Amazing stuff. Yeah. He had a nice little entrance. Continued that little dynamic that he and Brody Lee have as well. It was a lot of fun. You think they're getting chilies tonight, Warren? Oh, of course they do. They have that sponsorship. I, I think they, they really should. They earned it tonight. <laughs> Folks, that was, uh, that was our AEW recap this evening. Uh, thank you, everyone, for, for, for watching and listening to us talk about this eventful AEW Dynamite. There was a lot of stuff going on. And speaking about stuff going on, Robert, why don't you let people what you, know what you've got going on over the next few days or so? I got some stuff going on. You know, I you can follow me on Twitter, as you see it on the screen, at Dude Felice. You can check me out on Instagram, same thing. I'm writer for Fightful Friday through Sunday. I work for WrestleZone on the other days of the week. Always doing uh, podcast stuff over there and podcast stuff over at SmartOutMoment.com, including Paul Heyman's SmackDown podcast, where myself and Callum Wiggins go back in time and review SmackDown when Paul Heyman was the head writer. But that's what I've got going on, and this was fun, and I hope to be doing it again soon. Well, I'm glad you you showed up tonight because uh, I don't think anyone could have stomached 60 minutes of just me. But if you think you can stomach 60 minutes of me, head on over to YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes and uh, join me for my the live recording of my podcast, which is every Thursday night at 9 p.m., so tomorrow evening if you want to do that. Otherwise, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes. But thank you very much, Robert, for joining me this evening. It was a lot of fun. It was the first time we actually got to work together. Well, this was cool. I do hope it happens again. Me too, man. It was great. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Subscribe to Fightful Select. What are you doing? Yeah, really. We'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.